for all things sports, the hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, and every personal takes. You're listening to Sideline Story. Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I am your host, Brandon Yates, and today I am joined by my co-hosts, Yang Guang and Tian Yu. And today we will be talking about the Grand Slam tennis event, Wimbledon. Of course, one of the biggest tennis or sporting events in the calendar of any season that goes by. And this year should be very exciting indeed. And Yang Guang, I'll start with you. We all know that, you know, Novak Djokovic is... I suppose, thought to be more dominant at Wimbledon than he has been at Roland Garros. Um, but do you agree that the title is potentially already his? And if it isn't, what could potentially go wrong for him? Um, yeah, he's definitely the favourite at Wimbledon because of his past glories at All England Club. And he has won the second most number of trophies at Wimbledon with seven, just one shy of the record held by Roger Federer. And his excellent form from this season, um, just look at his French Open performances. Ruthless. Only Carlos Alcaraz made some troubles to Djokovic um, at Roland Garros before the Spaniards got injured midway through that clash, which became a lopsided contest afterwards. Uh, then look at the seeded players of the men's singles main draw at Wimbledon. Grass is not Medvedev's favorite surface, neither for Stefano Tsitsipas nor Kasper Ruud. Uh, Matteo Berrettini has not recovered to his top shape after injury. Uh, Nick Kyrgios also has movement issues after injury. The new generation players, um, I don't see either Denis Shapovalov or Yannick Sinner have the potential to break down Djokovic in a five-set match. Uh, we talk about Carlos Alcaraz later. Um, to me, Djokovic is truly invincible at Wimbledon if and he keeps this level he showcased in Paris. But something might be in the way is that um, Djokovic hasn't played a single official match on the tour between French Open and Wimbledon. That means he didn't play any of the grass court tournaments before Wimbledon. Um, I have to say it's a little risky for him because even for a top player, a legend like Djokovic, warm-up events are necessary. Djokovic played in Rome and Monte Carlo ahead of the French Open, although the two events didn't go well for him. It certainly helped him ready himself before that title run in Paris. Uh, we know how good Djokovic is on grass and he kept saying that Grand Slams are what matter the most for now. But opting out of any of the warm-up events and directly go to Wimbledon, um, I see it as a bad preparation. Perhaps he needs more rest. Um, after all, the two Grand Slams are so close with each other in schedule. But anyway, I would say uh, the lack of game might cause some shaky starts for Djokovic when Wimbledon starts. Um, he may go through the second and third rounds, but dropping one or two sets is very possible. Yeah, look, I think I tend to agree with you there. Um, I think by missing, you know, like you said, any um, warm-up events, I would say, before um, a Grand Slam like Wimbledon, I suppose, is quite risky. Like you said, he did play a couple of clay court tournaments before Roland Garros um, and then obviously went on to be very successful there. And then, and it seems to be a fine line between resting and actually being prepared to play on a different surface 
And it looks like he's taking the route of um, prioritizing rest, which I think maybe, you know, him and his management team have decided at this point in time in the year or maybe at this point in his career, he needs the rest more than he needs the warm up. Um, but yeah, I think that is definitely a, a bit of a risk and time will tell if it pays off. But I've always felt that in the past, especially as some of the big three got a little bit older, the likes of, you know, Federer and um, Nadal as well, I, I always felt like they also played a little bit too much tennis. And maybe that's also why they got injured here and there and sometimes didn't uh, perform at their best at Grand Slam tournaments. Maybe they played too much tennis in the build-up to it. But yeah, when you look at the... Um, the other names that we've been talking about that could potentially upset Djokovic at Wimbledon, I don't really see too many threats to him at this point in time, besides Alcaraz, I suppose. So yeah, maybe he's looked at the lineup and thought, look, I'm definitely the favorite. Maybe I just need to relax, recuperate, and just mentally prepare for this event. So yeah, like I said, time will tell. Tianyu, what are your thoughts on the issue? Do you think that, um, you know, Novak Djokovic is definitely the out-and-out favorite for the title? And do you see anything potentially going wrong for him? Well, I think we can all agree on one thing. That is, Novak Djokovic is the biggest favorite at this year's Wimbledon. He has won the last four consecutive Wimbledon men's singles titles. And the 36-year-old just seems to be getting better each year. And looking back on his journey on Roland Garros, we can see that no one was there to really pose a threat to him. There were just too many upsets happening throughout the whole tournament, but only he survived all the pressure and kept delivering such consistent performance, excellent techniques, and strong mental power over and over again. He seems like a mountain that has that no one could climb over. So I think we could say that the 24th Grand Slam title is waiting him in England. But still, I think there are some players who maybe has the ability to make the road a little bumpier for him before he can ra really raise the trophy. First of all, I think we have Taylor Fritz. You know, having lost five of his first six ATP finals, Fritz turned things around in March 2022 when he won the Indian Wells Masters despite being the 20th seed. I think um, Fritz has showed signs that American tennis finally had a man's contender for Grand Slams after the golden era of Pete Sampras and Andy Roddick, who is the last American to win a major back in 2003. Fritz has reached a career high of world number five earlier this year, and he has won his last four ATP finals and underlined his grass court credentials by winning the Eastbourne tune-up tournament twice in the last four years. And apart from Fritz, I think another name that we can keep an eye on is Holger Rune. After showing his talent at the Paris Masters last year, Rune has been improving quickly. He stunned the tennis world when he got past five top 10 players to raise his first Masters title at 19. Although he can really be uh, emotional sometimes and has, he has been constantly showing his aggressiveness and he lost to Casper Ruud in the quarterfinal of this year's French Open. But we could still see that he's emerging very quickly. And hopefully these players and others like you guys have mentioned, Carlos Akras, could potentially pose a threat to Novak Djokovic or at least cause some trouble for him. Djokovic is undeniably the favorite for this Wimbledon but anything can happen. If the favorite just always won, I think it would be a boring sport. 
Yeah, well, I agree. I think, um, you know, to keep the level of excitement and competitiveness of Wimbledon um, at the level that it has been year after year. Well, I mean, with that being said, I mean, of course, Novak Djokovic has just been dominating it, like we've said, for the past couple of years. But there's always been an element of, you know, anything could happen, I think, especially in, you know, previous years when some of the big three have been involved and, you know, a couple of other up-and-coming tennis players. But, yeah, just to keep that level of competitiveness and um, unexpectedness, um, I think that we have to hope that Novak Djokovic has some competition. But I think at this point in time, if I'm being honest, from my perspective, I don't really see any major upsets happening for Novak Djokovic at this year's Wimbledon. Something would really have to go quite wrong or someone would have to deliver a really incredible performance um, to upset uh, Novak Djokovic at this point in time. But speaking of some of the competitors that may be, um, you know, giving Novak Djokovic some trouble, Carlos Alcaraz comes to Wimbledon on the heels of Queen's Club Championship title, um, which is his first ATP Tour title on grass. And Yang Guang, what do you make of his competitiveness at this year's Wimbledon? Do you really think that he has a chance of going all the way? Um, I have to say, Alcaraz is growing so fast. Um, last year, grass was deemed as the worst surface for Alcaraz, but boom, this year he made every mouth shut with this Queen's title. Uh, I think this title is just what he needs right now, ahead of Wimbledon. Um, it certainly boosted his confidence, made him believe that grass is no problem for him. Uh, in a recent interview, he even said he was watching videos of Roger Federer and Andy Murray about their movements on grass in an attempt to aid his grass games. Uh, take a listen. I watched some videos about, about my opponents first, and then, you know, uh, I have a lot of time to watch videos to, you know, learn from the best player in the world, Andy, uh, Roger, Djokovic, uh, you know, right now we are, we are on grass and uh, I want to, you know, look up to the best players on, on grass uh, and the uh, movers, you know, on grass that uh, Roger and, and Andy uh, for me are the, the best uh, players that uh, are moving great on, on grass. So I want to uh, be the same like them. I'm not talking about Djokovic because Djokovic it lies like, like clay court, so I, in my case. The growth of Alcaraz on grass is obvious. Perhaps checking those videos did work a little, and um, also Alcaraz's serving issues were seemingly solved during uh, his Queen's title run. But I have to throw a wet blanket here, because there still seems a gap between him and Djokovic on grass, and uh, it's still big. Uh, when the ball bounces faster, Alcaraz's advantage on his steps, perhaps the only advantage he's got against Djokovic, becomes pointless. Then, when he's forced to play baseline games with Djokovic, sorry, um, end of story. Even though Alcaraz may not be the number one pick for many as for the title contender of this year's Wimbledon, as I said, he's still has tremendous improvement on grass. Last year, he got knocked out by Yannick Sinner at the quarterfinals. This year, I bet he can make some steps further. Perhaps a semi-final or a final would be possible. Don't forget, he's still the top seed, and he won't meet Djokovic until the final. So, breaking into the final is very possible for him. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. I think that he is definitely um, the name that everyone seems to be associating with uh, the next big thing in tennis. He seems to be 
like you said, growing at a phenomenal rate and um, has definitely, um, he definitely deserves the, the attention that he's getting at this point in time in his career. And he just seems to be at the very early stages of what could potentially be a very successful career. And I think just in terms of maybe not necessarily the um, the surface itself, but he just seems to be the man that could be challenging Novak Djokovic at the latter end of his career and maybe someone that could be one of the very first names that could potentially be someone that replaces the big three in terms of consistency over the years at Grand Slam events. And yeah, I think this year he is definitely expected to improve and go further than he did um, at last year's Wimbledon. And I think if there is going to be anybody um, that is going to potentially be a threat to Novak Djokovic, um, just from my perspective as well, I think Carlos Alcaraz is that man. Tianyu, would you agree? Yeah, I, I think, well, he's he's got a very good start right now. You know, Alcaraz is clearly one of the favorites in this year's Wimbledon because he's become the top seat now. And he himself also expressed his confidence for the upcoming tournament after lifting the Queen's trophy. Yeah, he has a lot of confidence right now coming into Wimbledon and the week uh, playing the high level. I mean, I'm coming to Wimbledon right now with a lot of confidence, that's obviously, but... Uh, Statistic that uh, Nova has won more matches in Wimbledon than the other top uh, 20 players. <laughs> what can I say about about that? You know, I mean, uh, Novak uh, is the main favorite of uh, to win Wimbledon. That's obviously, but uh, I will try to uh, to play uh, at this at this level. You know, to have chances. You know, to beat him or you know make the final at Wimbledon. Um, yeah, he's he's sounding very confident right now, but um, we could still see that he's not completely ready to meet Djokovic head-on. Um, yeah, he just, he just won the build-up event to Wimbledon, and he is in great form, but let's not forget the fact that he that it was only the third tournament on grass of this 20-year-old's young career. Like he said himself, he, he just played 11 matches in his career on grass, so he should still get more experience and more hours on the surface. And in contrast, his major com- opponent, Djokovic, has an edge over him with very rich experience and great advantage on grass as the seven-time Wimbledon champion. But judging from what we saw in the Queen's tournament, we- we're not seeing like a rookie on the grass, but more of an experienced player with great techniques. He could hit a very hard and flat forehand, which can become a weapon on the skidding grass court. And I think he has also made some good progress in his surf. To quote what the beaten Queen's finalist D. Minor said, I think that part of his game is underrated, but I think today he showed in the important points that he had a massive surf, and at times I put myself in that position and you can only say too good. I think Alcaraz is clearly a very fast learner and a very keen student. Um, I think Alcaraz is still a very competitive player in the upcoming tournament, but to reach the level of his Spanish countryman, Rafael Nadal, he needs to prove himself in those really hard matches and clinch a victory from one of the big three players. Yes, I think um, Alcaraz definitely has a lot going for him at this point in time. He's young, he's clearly a, a phenomenal talent, and he definitely seems to be a great student of the game as well. So I think he definitely has a lot of positive aspects um, in his game right now that could potentially make him a great star of the future. And he is definitely off to a great start and seems to be improving year after year. So 
It's still very early on in his career, but he definitely seems to be the man that could be the one to reach the level of consistency of, you know, that we've seen from the likes of Novak Djokovic, uh, Rafael Nadal, and of course, Roger Federer. But it'll be interesting to see how far Carlos Alcaraz can go at this year's Wimbledon tournament. And we also know that there are a number of Chinese players that will once again be charging for Grand Slam success. And Yang Guang, do you think there are any of the Chinese contingent that could reach the second week of Wimbledon or potentially go further than that? Um, I hope so. But I have to say grass is not ideal surface for the current players from the Chinese mainland. Uh, Li Na, arguably China's best tennis player ever, with two Grand Slam titles, her best mark at Wimbledon was just reaching the last eight. It's a, it's a quite challenging tournament. This year, there are records 11 players from the Chinese mainland at Wimbledon, including the qualifiers. Uh, that's a record high at any Grand Slam. So in terms of quantity, we've already made history. As for who can really make the breakthrough here, first name in my mind, uh, Zhu Ling. Uh, she beat top 20 player Magda Linette at the Birmingham Classic and broke into the semi-finals. If things go well, based on her recent performances, um, she bears the best hopes among all Chinese singles players to reach the second week of action. Uh, that's reaching the last 16. Zhu Lin improved a lot this year and developed down-the-line shots both from forehand and backhand. The skills uh, she's got have compensated well for his physical disadvantage and and uh, hitting good shots is just crucial on grass courts. And as for top Chinese player Zhen Qingwen, and as I predicted, uh, she has changed her coach and she is still in a transitional phase with Wim Fisetti, who had coached the top players like Angelique Kyoba and Naomi Osaka. So I'm not very optimistic about Jen's Wimbledon round because she's just started this partnership with, with the new coach, but surely I look forward to her future place. Um, then in the men's singles, Wei Bin is still the best shot we got. Um, he beat Nick Kyrgios at the Hala Open and dragged the match against Andrei Rublev to three sets. Uh, that's very impressive. Grass may not be his favorite surface, hard court is, but um, he's got the quality to go deeper, perhaps third round. Yeah, I think just having the record number of Chinese players at Wimbledon this year is an incredible achievement um, in its own right. And yeah, there are one or two names there that you've mentioned that um, could potentially go pretty far at this year's Wimbledon event. We'll have to wait and see, and there's definitely some talent that could also potentially you know, just extend the level of their game at this year's event and maybe um, be a threat in a couple of years to come. So we'll have to wait and see um, how Chinese players will do at this year's Wimbledon event. Tianyu, any names um, that come to mind for you? Um, well, in the women's singles, I think uh, Zhang Qingwen is still the player that most Chinese tennis fans would expect as she has been performing really well in recent years' Grand Slam events. In last year's Wimbledon, he made a solid debut by stunning former U.S. Open champion Sloan Stephens and finally made it to the third round. And recently, as Yang Guang mentioned, he just got a famous coach, Wim Fisette. I think we could expect what kinds of improvements she has made under the new coach. And apart from Zheng Anju, Wang Xiyu is another name we can't ignore. As a tall player with long arms, she has the competitive edge over strength on grass courts. And I think 
she could deliver some good results if she could adjust herself to the best form. And on the men's side,、uh, sadly, 17-year-old Xiang Jingchen didn't make it through the qualification tournament, but we could still see Zhang Jijian and Wu Yibing playing in this year's Wimbledon. The two have kept breaking records for Chinese tennis in recent years, and they will also participate as a pair in the men's doubles this year in Wimbledon. Yes, we will definitely be wishing all of the Chinese players the very best at this year's Wimbledon Grand Slam event. And speaking of Wimbledon, what makes it fascinating,、um, Yang Guang? You know, Wimbledon is such a historic, prestigious event. And what do you think makes it so special among the four majors?、Um, yeah, it's such a unique Grand Slam. I think the best part of Wimbledon is that、um, it requires more from the players' short quality than their movement and the physique. I'm not saying movement is not important. We all know how. Andy Murray won the two Wimbledon titles with his steps, but、um, on the fastest grass surface with the balls bouncing so low,、uh, figuring out how to hit it right is more important than, you know, how to chase it. That's why there are so many big men above 190 plus centimeters tall can do so well at this Grand Slam. Their powerful flat serves. Are just not returnable.、Um, John Eastner, Kevin Anderson from South Africa, Matteo Berrettini, and even Nick Kyrgios are good at grass court matches in this way, and they always did well at Wimbledon. So there are always some upsets triggered by lower-ranked but big-serving players. That's one thing that's very interesting about Wimbledon. And another thing is that Wimbledon didn't introduce the fifth set tiebreak. Uh, the serve and break formats went on until there's a winner with two games lead.、Um, this format produced the longest tennis match ever. Isner and Nicholas Mahout in 2010. They played 11 hours five minutes until a winner came out. Just incredible.、Um, the final set score was 70 to 68.、Uh, that's definitely interesting about Wimbledon. But organizers have changed this rule and、uh, started to. Have this ten-point tiebreak after six all in the deciding sets,、uh, similar with Australian Open. So,、uh, unfortunately, we will not going to see those epic tiebreak-free games anymore. Yes, Yang Guang, I think there's a couple of elements there that you've mentioned that definitely makes Wimbledon a very special Grand Slam tournament to watch year after year, and something that makes it, you know, so special and memorable for so many tennis fans around the world. Tianyu, from your side, what do you think makes it such a special event? Yeah, like Yang Guang mentioned, the the competitive requirements and all the unforgettable moments are adding the charm to this this tournament. But I also I think、um, one of the thing that make this tournament special among all four majors is that、uh, the place the tournament was held is the birthplace of tennis. And the first and oldest tennis tournament was held at Wimbledon in 1877. So the rich history is a very important reason that makes this tournament so special. And also, what's interesting is the the dress code that requires every player to wear a white outfit. Also, the grass courts and the die-hard tennis fans are all the elements that have made this tournament so special. Absolutely, I think that element, the his, the history,、um, the prestige, and just the tradition is also something that makes Wimbledon a very, very special Grand Slam event indeed. Yang Guang, of course, Elena Rabakina, you know her title defense 
at this year's Wimbledon um, looks like uh, it could be uh, set in stone. She also doesn't look like she has too much competition at this point in time. Or would you um, would you disagree and, and would you say that she might struggle to defend her title this year? Very briefly, I, I think she's definitely one of the title contenders. She and Iga Swiatek and along with Arena Sabalenka are forming a new big three in the women's singles uh, this season. And I think they would continue their dominance at Wimbledon. And uh, Rabkina, as the defending champion, must have this advantage on the mental side of the game. Absolutely, and I think that the women's um, singles battle will be just as interesting to watch as the men's. If you are a tennis fan, that you keep your eyes peeled on this year's Wimbledon Grand Slam event. It should be very exciting indeed. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, we will be back next week with our latest topic and we will see you then.